Welcome to So Far So Rare, the podcast brought to you by So Rare Data, where we talk about, surprise, surprise, all things, So Rare. And it's been a big week, and I'm very excited, as you can probably tell. I'm joined by Sam Tai. How are we? I'm very well, thank you, mate. That's a very professional-sounding introduction to the podcast. We don't usually get that in the new era. I decided to get a bit excited. I decided, you know what, let's just go for this. Let, let's <laughs> let's give it heaps. I'm, I'm joined by a professional. I may as well stand up. And I didn't even make fun of your name and do the shit we joke. I always do when I say it wrong first, and then you go, ah, oh. and then I go, ah, oh, he got it wrong again. Anyway, um, lots to speak about. This is... The so far so rare podcast. I'm gonna do it all again, but this way. But we're not gonna just go on and blabber all about just so rare. And to be fair, we're not gonna talk a lot about NBA. We're not gonna talk a lot about MLB. Might mention their XP thing actually. MLB XP adds to notes. Today is kind of predominantly around the Global Cup because the Global Cup is a common, and there's a lot of new people. And you might have clicked on this video, and you might be like. I'm new to So Rare, I'm here to give the Global Cup a crack, and you're like, who are these two dickheads talking about So Rare? So this podcast goes out on YouTube every week, it also goes out on Apple and Spotify and all those other places, audio only, um, and we talk about So Rare, usually there's a bit more to get into in regards to the actual gameplay or drama or players that have done X or Y or a reward wasn't given correctly. It's a it's a overview of the whole landscape, but this week it is very Global Cup focused. You excited for the World Cup? Very excited, yeah. I mean, it's actually taken me a little bit of time to rev up to this. Mm. Um, it wasn't until maybe not this morning, but probably sometime yesterday where I was like, oh my God, this is happening. This is in like two or three days time. Mm. Because usually you get this like break, right? You get like the two to three weeks where the Premier League and everything else finishes. Champions League is done. Then there's like a couple of weeks and you slow down a bit and then you rev back up. Whereas it feels like genuinely yesterday, and I say that, it was only like three or four days ago that we were watching the very last bit of the domestic league close off. And I was sat there watching it from behind, well, behind like behind closed fingers, behind the sofa, just hoping and praying that all of the players make it safely off the pitch mm. and no one misses the World Cup due to a last second injury. That's literally all I was yeah. worried about. Now that I've been able to sort of process that, I'm now excited. It's get. I, I really am starting to figure that out now. I've done my bracket, done my fantasy team, done my so rare team. It's real. Yeah, because it's, it's proper heartbreaking when you see some of these injuries that are coming out. Was it Nkuku mm. got injured by Kamavinga in training? I don't know if it was definitely uh, Kamavinga. It was... <laughs> It's a bit of a, a bit of a close one. I don't know if he just did, did his knee anyway. I try looked, not, basically I'm trying really hard not video, to blame Camavinga. Yeah, yeah, when I looked at the video, I found it hard to see how Camavinga actually knew the damage, but Camavinga was involved in the challenge, but yes. it looked like he kind of twisted his knee or whatever yeah, happened. It's tough, but, really um, tough. Yeah, And yeah. like, I mean, Harit's got, got hurt at the weekend and he's oh, out of the Morocco look, squad. That one didn't look good. I heard it looked like like career-ending horrendous, okay, potentially. It, I saw a picture and it looked I near like, it was vomit inducing, but I, I don't really watch injury videos because I'm not a sadomasochist. Um, so hopefully it wasn't quite as bad as, as the picture looked. Mm. Um, but there was all sorts, you know, um, a, a lot of attention on Sadio Mane, you know, the week before and stuff like that. Fine. But Saturday, Carlos Gruezo, who is a starter for Ecuador in central midfield, he came off the field in tears with his, with his shirt over his head. He's going to be okay. But this lack of a gap is everything to these players. Usually a hamstring strain is okay, but at, in this situation, a hamstring strain could mean that you miss it. Like it's, yeah. it's tough. So we're through that, and we can get really excited. And I, I am finally, finally there. I'm going to throw something out that I hadn't planned on throwing out because I think it's important to have open conversation about it. The fact that it's in Qatar and all the human rights issues and players playing on the bodies of six and a half thousand workers and um, 
LGBTQ, all that stuff, all the negative yep. press. Human rights issues, all sorts, yeah. Yeah, it's very hard, right? Because I'll give you my perspective, right? Where, while I don't, and maybe, you know, feel free to lambast me in the comments because it's one of those where it's a really awkward one, I think, from a content creator's perspective. It's very awkward for an everyone perspective supporting a World Cup like this, but I think for me, who took the plunge to go full-time into content a few weeks ago, out of like a moral, not necessarily, it's not moral high ground, out of like doing the right thing potentially or out of like standing in solidarity and not covering it in some sense or not making videos or not banning into the Global Cup, like which I, I'm not saying, I haven't even been, I haven't even got a comment like that to be honest with you yet, but I see it all over the place, people talking about boycotting the World Cup and are you going to cover content on it, blah, blah, blah. It's very hard personally to make such a big sacrifice when it's, it's your living at stake, you know, considering all the major outlets are covering this, considering all the media is talking about this, considering everyone's drafting teams for this. It's very hard to take that that stand. Yes. But do you th I don't know, what are your thoughts on it as a full-time football well, creator? It's not, it's not fair. It's not fair that you have to make that decision. Like it's it's not fair on us as football fans to have to to have to wrestle with that. Um and it's no different really to Newcastle fans who feel extremely conflicted by the fact that they are now a wildly successful club. They are the richest club in the universe, but obviously they're owned by the Saudi Arabian state. And some of the things that they do are absolutely horrific. And there's lots of Newcastle fans out there who for the last 12 months have really been wrestling with this moral conundrum. And you can flip one way and you can flip the other. But ultimately, I think it's really unfair for us to be put in this position. Like, we're just trying to watch sport. We're just trying to watch the game we love. We're just trying to watch, watch the World Cup. And there have been decisions that have been made that have made us wrestle with these things. Now, obviously, you can say it's good that we're becoming more aware of this stuff. It's, it's good that we're forcing Qatar to be more uncomfortable mm. with the way they do things. Great. But it's, it's not good. It's not a good situation for yeah. every step forward that they appear to take one of their ministers comes out and says something absolutely ridiculous yeah right every good step they take they take two steps back every time they say they're going to include people every time they're going to say they're going to be facilitating of homosexual behavior or drinking alcohol anything that they don't do someone comes out from the qatari sports minister and goes uh being gay is a sickness in the head and everyone goes well yeah yeah, yeah sake man like it's 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 and it's really tough and then mm. you know you start to make a few steps forward again and then you see all these videos of these like clearly fake and paid actors pretending to be fans to liven up a party it's coming home I like mean, what, <laughs> what is going on mm. it's an absolute meme of a tournament john and it's it's so strange and it's definitely played a part in me taking so long to get excited about it yeah i think it takes a long time for those clouds to clear in your mind before you can really just remember that England are going to a World Cup, and I and I, I it's okay for me to be excited about that. Yeah, I wish I could say Ireland were going. Um, but well, I know a lot of Irish who have decided not to bother watching it at all, and I think that's an easier call to make if your team isn't going. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Um, I think like I'm just thinking of England going. I shared a video yesterday of like why Ireland aren't going, and it was like a ga player pulling off the sickest thumbnail yeah. <laughs> ever see, and it's like that's why so good. you know we, we aren't there, but. Um, we have a few representatives, I suppose, Declan Rice, Jack Grealish, you know, a few other guys there, but that's for a different day. Harry anyway, Maguire's got an to... Irish nan, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want the, I want... Harry Kane has like an Irish nan, and so does... So. Um, so. There's a whole... I've seen an 11 of this recently. Anyway, 
we'll move on. We'll try. We'll get excited for the Global Cup. Um, if you haven't signed up to the private leagues, or well, if you haven't signed up to my private league, use the code Nellis N E L L I S. Some big prizes up for grabs. There really are. I could give you them all, but in a nutshell, to dumb it down, to be quick, fifty tickets, ten shirts, five of which are definitely signed, five of which might. And then the grand prize is a Messi Limited, the one of a thousand, along with an Argentina signed shirt, which is probably worth more than that card. If Messi wins the World Cup, it is. And then um, yeah. the that one mysteriously disappears from the prize pool. Yeah, I kind of regret out. saying it's there. I'm kind of like, what's going on there? That's such a nice thing to have. So I don't know. If I win my own league, I'm keeping it. Um, but yeah, Code Nellis, there'll be a link in the description. Um, so yeah, there we go. Have you a private league or are you not going for it? We've got one for our podcast, for the Ranks Ranks podcast, uh, but for our patrons. So just our, our subscribers every month, we're running a little, we're running a little private league. I've joined yours. I've joined uh, Harry's. Uh, I've joined a few. Do, I mean, your prizes look really good. McBride as well. McBride's prizes are really cool. He's like, yo, just take stuff out of my gallery. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. It reminds me, like, I, I heard, what is his prize? He's doing something. I don't know. I've seen a few people doing things like where you get to pick their teams and maybe win the prizes i've done that like with my members on youtube that at the la- end of the that's my dog sorry everyone i'm like psu here sean newsham with the dogs in the background um i don't have the decency to mute myself though but the yeah i've done that where in the last day of the season i'm going to be giving up my lineups all my lineups are going to be built by someone to win all the rewards which could mean nothing or an mbappe so there's a thrill to that whenever you have a bigger gallery. McBride's gallery is obviously much bigger than mine. I think mm. Nanzo might be doing something similar. I don't know. Oh, okay. But we'll like when you get like a Wales well, gallery, maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong. I've seen a few interesting things. Whenever you can enter these leagues and have control over a monster gallery for a week, there's some buzz in that. Like it could be oh, you mate. could be feasting or you could be getting nothing. But Kids in the candy shop stuff, I think I'd be paralyzed by choice. The yeah, beauty yeah. of my gallery is I've only got one defender to field anyway, so let's go for him. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a headache when you've got too much. Um, yeah. But I wanted to ask you, I suppose, the, the Global Cups here, talked about it with Quinny briefly last week, which you reminded me, because um, I wasn't sure if it was out before or after last week's podcast. Well, I remember that podcast vi- vividly, and I, I told you already, but I'll tell the listeners. I had it on in the kitchen. It was on, uh, it was on, the, on the Alexa, uh, and I was chopping vegetables and preparing for dinner, and my wife who for the record is English um, and understands English perfectly, um, walked in and you and Quinny were nattering on and she went, what the hell are you listening to? How can you understand a word of that? (laughs) And I was like, "Um, that's a Scottishman and Irishman. (laughs) She was like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) She thought it was like, God knows where. It's Normally they hear my accent and I get the Jamie Dornan things. It's great. No, it's a great no. voice for radio, like. But anyway, she's not. She's not great at accents, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those Jamaican lads you're listening to? Um, so the Global Cup, whatever. Everyone's aware of it by now, I'm sure. Uh, but something I wanted to bring up just about that is the private leagues. As I have already plugged mine, it is a nice feature, and I think it'll be really fun out the back of the the Global Cup, just in the regular season, where if you have a network of friends, if you have a group or whatever just like fpl where while it's not it's same fpl tread this line very carefully where there's no money prizes you aren't allowed to play fpl for money and like the the, the third party sites etc aren't allowed to advertise like cash prizes for winning and stuff it's kind of weird but so rare maybe a bit different but my point is you know you could get a bunch of your mates and you could feasibly off the record or whatever so where else you can do we like 
we'll all play for six weeks and these are the the winner gets the, to take a card or do this or do that there's different ways you can play it what i'm saying is from a community and like social aspect it could be huge in driving the platform like fpl grows so much because every august there's some tool in the office he's like come and join the league dave you'll join the league and dave's like i don't really care before ah dave dave you'll join the league and then dave joins the league plays for two weeks and pisses off and you take his tenor but like mm. it could be really big for like awareness <laughs> of so rare and people getting their mates involved oh i just think it's it opens up so much as you say and and and, and so rare feels like such a separate and lonely game at certain points um and there's a big <sighs> It's weird like we all you know we all sit here and we all like help each other with our lineups and like you know you do you, you do your, your stream and you're like right who's you know who's a dnp like any problems here and people are helping you but then i'm like this is literally just your enemy like yeah. <laughs> this is really weird so you either feel completely nicely separate or you went helping the enemy either way it doesn't feel quite right and when you onboard a new player so i haven't done that too many times only a couple times but obviously i'm much further along in my journey on so rare than these people will be and we are we are playing entirely separate games separate journeys it's really hard to check in on these people you have to go and type their manager name into like so rare data app or something like that and remember to do it and go and check and the lack of community feel has been has been a real problem so um if you can go and do private leagues and you can then off the record devise like a, a custom game that can cater to all size galleries but just all of your friends all of a sudden you're so much more involved and it's massive um and like someone like yourself like you've always come up with good ideas for like private leagues and stuff and private competitions so i'm glad they're actually doing it and mm -hmm. listening um but slowly but steadily they are introducing these elements to make it more community driven yeah i, th I think what will be really interesting at the back end of the the global cup will be the ui and how they bring that into the real game i imagine there'll be a few weeks we might see it in january or february i'm guessing but like how do you if i bring like let's say me and you and a common person and ynwa and a lot of other people in between i'm trying to pick extremes join the same league how do we all have fun in that league and ynwa doesn't just win it that's the question you know mm. how do you do it and does that mean that these private leagues you can set them up where and i mean it really should be customizable to the point that like when you're setting up the league you set the rules card uh scarcities allowed averages yeah. allowed values um, anything yeah values like that, yeah. points caps use like use their l15s as and pick a 250 cap over the team pick a 200 cap of the team whatever yeah. one how many of a certain scarcity should be like you should be really allowed to customize these to fit your group because the problem is we're on this massive spectrum and you mm -hmm. really need to be able to customize it to kind of keep it within keep it competitive and keep it fair yeah um, but it's clear that they can do that it's clear that this is possible because yeah. not only have they introduced a points cap in nba which i think is great i wasn't i mean i've heard quinny i think mentioned the fact that there used to be a points cap in, in the football side of things a long was, time ago it was like a, but, it was like an xp cap so it was kind of right. like pitcher xp and it was the xp used to be different it was par power as you all might say it but power. um my girlfriend says power <laughs> she's actually was power and but i go par <laughs> Parshar, tar whatever <laughs> anyway um and i always get taken the piss out of that but my point is it used to be a, it doesn't matter what it used to be it used to be like a par cap thing but it was like yeah if you yeah. Had, it, it, it was a killer because your players obviously got stronger and let's say your guys all fit under the cap of whatever 30 and then all of a sudden one of them levels up and now that team's 31 you had to restructure the team so that was kind of the ball ache with it it was nah, no it, good, the exact no same good. issue actually with like basketball now when a person plays too well 
they might go yeah. the average and no longer they can fit. So it actually used to be that same problem. But I mean, the po- I mean, look, I'm only in, I'm only engaging in the common side of NBA because I don't like basketball um, and I don't know anything about it. So putting money into that feels like a really dumb idea. Um, but I'm enjoying the common element of it, really am. And I'm enjoying the points cap and I'm looking at the Global Cup and I'm looking at what is essentially a points cap here in a different in a different guise. It's about spending your jewels or gems or whatever they are, the points, and fitting the team in Dollars if you're PSU. Can I it's just call dollars. out PSU fans? For a <laughs> couple of dollars. things here, interrupting, right? He was listening to the podcast with him and Laird, and I love him, right? But he was saying dollars instead of points, and it was very funny. Now, Laird called him out on it. And then he was he was calling, who is the Croatian midfielder for Real Madrid whose first name is Luka? Modric. He was calling him Modric. Yeah, but that's an American thing, isn't it? They do that. They say Diego Costa, not Costa and things like that. It's a very... um. It's a very American pronunciation. Bloody moron. <laughs> Wannabe Ajax goaltender. My friend, my friend <laughs> you are in no position to be calling out people's pronunciations of names. <laughs> that's not, and that's not just yeah. a comment on mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go listen to the Surer Data podcast. They're very funny. Um, yeah, all right, I interrupted you. You were telling no, me about the, the points. Well, we were discussing whether or not they're jewels or gems or points or whatever it is. But we've now got two examples of a team building exercise which requires some genuine thought and some genuine mix and match and some sacrifice here and there. So the technology is there. The idea is there. They have it. We've seen it in two different forms. We can see it in a third form. We can see it in a private league, a customizable league, 100%. And I look I look forward to some kind of introduction on it because it keeps it fresh. It keeps it challenging. I would absolutely love to be paying attention to the NBA injury news, hearing about someone who had, it was a game time decision because they've got a dodgy knee or they're in concussion protocol, think right who's the next man up right hit the market like the trade market in nba for players that step into good positions who then fit under the points cap it looks really rewarding mm. for your research i know fuck all about the sport i can't get involved yeah, yeah. so give me a reason give me a give me give me a version of it that i can then get involved in because i think it looks brilliant it stimulates competition stimulates trading stimulates the platform yeah i think it's like it's weird because football is obviously such like a juggernaut that they can't really take off the tracks too much because it could all just, it could you can't like change it mm. too much because it's already mm. in motion. They can fuck about with NBA and MLB because they're relatively new and smaller markets, but there's a lot from them that we can learn. Or there's a lot that they've learned from football that they've implemented over there, but it's hard yes. to retrospectively put this into football. You know, it is. But it'll be it's funny that basketball see. has become the uh, the testing arena, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, the, but they seem to be nailing it. Any of the top shot guys okay. I talk to are all very happy. And what I will say is, the natural time to make any major adjustments to the football game, obviously, there'll still be rewards. Obviously, you don't want to detract from certain players' values too much, and blah blah blah. You have to be very careful. But if they're doing them, what I don't want is next July, next August the first, we get a wee thing. Oh, in two weeks, in three weeks, this is happening communicate it to us in march april may earlier and tell us it's coming in for this 23 24 season yeah that's what they should yeah. be doing so they should already be thinking okay if we need to change football high but anyway that's for another day today is so rare global cup day i'm very excited it's not well like actually this is going out on friday so two days to kick off um you're sam from ranks fc so i wanted to get you to rank a few things and then Fair maybe enough. we'll both talk about a few topics. So the first thing I wanted you to rank is the best value. In fact, will I do this? I'm going to do this more grand in case I want to cut it up for short form. And all the long form people love me enough they listen to this ramble anyway. You ready? 
Yeah. Sam, who are your top three best value picks for the So Rare Global Cup? Rank them for me, please. <laughs> yeah, I had a look for you at request. Um, I've got three. Uh, I'll go three to one, classic ranks FC style. And at number three, I cannot get away from the idea that Sebastian Zemanski at six jewels, what we calling them? Six points? Jules, somethings. Yeah, six diamonds. Sebastian Zemanski, I think, is going to play for Poland. And mm. he's going he's gonna to slot in alongside Zielinski. I think Poland have got a decent chance of getting out of that group because I'd see a very dysfunctional Mexico team I'm not really quite sure about. So Lewandowski up front, obviously, can... can can convert chances created into goals relatively easily. Hopefully he has a big tournament. But Zemanski at six, we know he scores well on so rare. Mm. Like he's no stranger. He's he's a he's a relatively important player for Poland. And I think they can play four games. And now with the change of tiebreaker rule to like subs bench, he is a mm. great sub option. And you'd rather spend six on him than maybe five on a counterpart because he I think will, so, yeah. He will put points up. It seems like, yeah, I mean, I've, obviously I've redone my team or, you know, after we found out that bench points are going to be the tiebreaker, I'm sure everybody has redone their team and Zemanski is right down the bottom. Like it doesn't really get much. It's five the cheapest. Zemanski is then one more. Redraft, I think, I th- let me I think check. It's a, I think five on a midfielder is basically as, as low as it goes. So if you can it pick is, up yeah. a player that will play for six, I think you're in a good, you're in a good spot. What I'll ask you now is, and if this is going to be one of your other players, I'll let you take it, but Matty Cash is also six, isn't he? He is right down there. Yeah, Matty Cash is... I've got him on six. my somewhere scribbled on this piece of paper. Yeah, six. He is Again, six. like, I think, mate, I think, there's a, I think there's a trend. I think the Polish players seem to be quite low in price. Mm. Now, they might go out in the groups and that might turn out to be justified, but I have them pegged as the second strongest team in that group and I've got them coming out of the group in my bracket. So... I think there's a bit of a discrepancy there. Zimanski is one. Bielik is another who plays holding midfield for them. Matty Cash is another, although he's a fullback. So, you know, be careful. Boom or bust, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the Polish guys all seem to be relatively cheap. Even even Chesney. And I mean, you'd expect them to concede um, potentially heavily in one of the games in that group, but maybe not. But Chesney is only 10 points as the goalkeeper. But outside that, I mean, as we mentioned, Matty Cash, Zimanski, Zielinski is mm. only 11 and then Lewandowski, one of the most prolific goal scorers on the planet, who'd probably get the lion's share of their goals, if not all of them, fourteen. So yeah. I mean, so about... Lewandowski's got a bad, he's got a bad record at international tournaments. Okay. Um, he's only scored five at finals in all of World Cup and Euros combined since 2012, mm. which yeah, look, they only ever really play three games. Fine, but it's not as many as you would expect. So something's going to change. Either Lewandowski is is going to perk up. Um, and someone's going to have to feed the feed in the bullets, Zemanski. Or Lewandowski does the same thing, doesn't really impress. Someone has to step up and score the goals in his place. Zemanski, mm. Zielinski, those guys. Who's next? Gonzalo Plata, Ecuador. Also six jewels, gems, points. Um, I think he starts for Ecuador. I've had a conversation with Professor Tekas about this. We appear to disagree on this, which makes me very nervous because he knows mm. everything. But... Palata is uh, is one of their more talented attackers. Left-footed winger, cut in from the right, dribble, shoot. Um, Ecuador have got that complete question mark of a group. Obviously, they're up first with Qatar. No one knows what to expect there. Senegal without Mane. It's possible Ecuador get out of the group. But if not, again, one of the cheapest forwards that you can find. And I think he plays. So again, just get the points on the bench to make sure that you're in a good spot for a tiebreaker if you need to be. I like that. Ecuador is a team like I've definitely just overlooked and written off. Um, 
be interested to see how they get on against Qatar in the opening game. I can't but, wait, honestly. Like a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I'm not going to watch that opener." You you should like what what do you, what do you expect from Qatar? Like what are you honestly expecting? I have no idea. Mm. Like there's very little in football nowadays that I'm like I have no clue what's about to happen. Like I've not seen any of these players. Yeah. It just doesn't it doesn't really happen very often anymore. And Qatar, like I can name you two of their players. I can't name you one. And the yeah. the atmosphere, like what will it be like? How many actors have they paid? Have they paid like, how big is the <laughs> I stadium? Don't know. I'm so I'm so intrigued, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, mad. Um who's our third guy? Right. So top of the list here is Joachim Mailer, Danish wing back. He's much more expensive than the other two. He's 13. But I think amongst the more expensive options, and I think it goes up to 16 or 17 on the defenders if you're in that Virgil van Dijk, Christian Romero area, 13 for Mela seems pretty good. He absolutely slays for Denmark. He is brilliant. Goal-scoring wing-back, amazing at the Euros. Denmark have got an opportunity to go pretty far in this tournament, I think. A really good team. And when he plays for Denmark in particular, he just goes nuts. The, the so rare data scores for just Denmark on him are like really sexy yeah i've got them here um i don't know if i can display them for people watching yeah this is the wrong thumbnail people will have to deal with it this i didn't I, I you know i need to start getting the extra thumbnail made up um or the next extra overlay so people can look at it in the right mm. way it's telling everyone you're professor techers so a bit of imposter syndrome here going on. <laughs> but um yeah this is this is his scores um for denmark which are obviously beautiful i wonder yeah. like does he have enough upside? I mean, you have to say he does because in, in, in for Denmark, he scored a 98 back in game week 197. But since then, he hasn't scored over an 83. That was in game week 208. So if we look in the last year, albeit there's only six games there, his highest score is 80. I wonder, like, with this game, you know, do we just need... You're going to need to hit a ton. You're going to need a, your guy to hit a ton, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Realistically. I'm- if you want to win... You're going to yes. need the ton. Now, yeah. are you here for a 1,200th place? No, you're here to win. So I wouldn't want to pick anyone who I don't think can realistically hit 100. I'm not saying he can't. He's hit an idea before. <laughs> but I wonder, like, at the price he's at, he would need to be your main defender, really. Mm. Unless one of them, yeah, could, for sure. Yeah, yeah. One of them, I suppose, yeah. I but him? I think Did I put him in. No. But I think I mean, with look, the budget I... as well, you're probably going to need one guy who won't be guaranteed hundreds. You know, you're not going to be able to. I mean, no one's five. a guaranteed hundred, but like yeah. it's Messi yeah, against Saudi Arabia to... is. I mean, it's going to be tough to field. I mean, I've got Messi in, in my team for sure. Like, mm. obviously, first up, but but then we know that like twenty five percent of the entire game will have him as well. Um, but yeah, mainly, like I think I don't know how much of a factor this should be, but. Picking players here who obviously you think can score well, um, great, but also that you think you can hang on to and have for four or five games seems to be like that would be quite important as well. Um, and I think a lot of people are high on Denmark for good reason. But like Mela will play against um, Australia and Tunisia in two of his three group games. Like Denmark should be yeah. expecting to keep clean sheets, should be expecting to get their wing backs forward. If Mela gets a decisive and gets a clean sheet, he's going to hit 80 minimum. And he's always involved in what Denmark do from attack because they don't really have like a true number nine goal source from from the central striker because the strikers aren't that good. Yeah. Um, they get goals from all sorts of places. And and Mailer, of course, charging forward is massive. So I think he's got a really high upside. I really like him. I, I like him more at 13 than like 
any of the Argentina defenders at 15, 16 mm. than Van Dijk at 17 or whatever it is. I have two Danish players in my current draft. I'm going to reveal my draft on probably, I don't know, Saturday or something on my channel. Mm. And it might be tinkered, so I don't want to give too much away, but I have two Danish players in there right now. Um, I really back them. I, I back them to top that group, but we'll get on to bold predictions mm. a bit later. I've just given one of mine away, which isn't that bold. Um, <laughs> so they're your best value three. You've ranked them. Yeah. I want you to now to rank your worst value three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. So I'm looking for guys who you think, oh, that's mad overpriced. He's sh- that, That's stupid. Yeah. I've got three that I don't like. I would not touch with a barge pole at those prices. Um, I probably just wouldn't touch them regardless. But um, uh, number three here, we've got a, a player that I believe you and I both own um, in the actual game itself, Nesta Araujo of Mexico. Oh, what's now, he coming in at? 11. Oh yeah, that's that's bollocks. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, first of all, I mean, Mexico, like massive, massive question mark. Um, I I don't even really know what they're going to do in terms of starters. I mean, I expect him to play, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent convinced. He doesn't score that well in so rare. He just, I wish he scored better because I have him, but the reality is he just doesn't. Um, and Mexico, I'm, I'm a bit fearful of in terms of kind of combusting or not making it out of the group so when i was looking at those other players in that area i was like nesta araujo at 11 good lord yeah there's, there's no there's no room for that yeah he absolutely he does he sticks out like a sore thumb there i kind of want to ping mexico in now and see if they've mispriced half the team having lizano raul jimenez coming in at 11 each andres guadrado at 11 gutierrez at 11 See, Lozano at 11 seems seems kind of fine, but then also, if I'm right, I've got a couple of notes here. And Musiala, I think, is 13. So, like, if you're if you if you're in that ballpark, then just rip a few points out from somewhere else and go from Lozano to Musiala for two hundred percent. Like, surely that's surely that's the way you would do it. Like, yeah, maybe they've kind of got minimum prices. You know what's obviously happened here? They've like minimum prices on the stars from each team or something. Mm. Because even if you look at Qatar, right, Almo's Ali. A Qatar yep. forward should never cost 10. A Qatar defender should never cost 10, in my opinion, but two of them do. Who else is a very weak team going to the World Cup? Iran? Australia. Australia. Australia, right? Let's go and see what Australia's like guys are worth. They have Jackson Irvine coming in at 11. I've seen him play recently for some poly. Martin Boyle, 10. Frank mm. K is 8 quid or whatever. Yeah, they've got Matty some, Ryan's uh... a tenner. Like... Yeah, they've got some. They've got some tiers, haven't they? There that they've slotted players into. But yeah. uh, well, Araujo is, yeah, no way. I'm wondering um, how they've done that. It's obviously a way they've structured the game. But yeah, he is. He's out of whack. That's where you're going to find the most out of whack players. Costa Rica, Iran, whatever players who are hmm. ten or whatever. But anyway, I mean, he's next. I mean, I can still, I can still get behind the idea that Kaden Navas would be expensive because he might do a game where he has to make a billion saves. And he'll, yeah, he'll score a hundred, mate. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I just don't see it with the others. Anyway, number two. You know, sorry, that's probably where our winner's going to come from. Our winner's going to come from some freak who's picked Messi, Neymar, Kimmich, Cancelo, and then like a really cheap goalkeeper from an, a nation Iran's that you wouldn't want, yeah. who goes yeah. like, was it, I read something there, that was it back in 2010? The 2010 World Cup, New Zealand went unbeaten. They, they did, were the only yes. team to go unbeaten because they, they had three draws. It's going to be yep. something weird like that. Will there be a wee New Zealand who go nil, 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 nil? I don't know if that's what they did, but like, um, and score and the guy's peppered with shots, scores ninety points a game as the goalkeeper, and some freak has him. 
<laughs> that's what well, you're well up against. Well done to that freak if they've got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Just take a shot in the dark. Why not? Um, anyway, move on. Number two, Dybala at 15. So 15 is yeah. like pretty premium pricing at this point. And Dybala is not an important part of this of this Argentina setup. Like he just he just isn't. Um, I think they had a lot of problems, uh, you know, over the years getting him and Messi into a team that could function well because they're both kind of like you know alpha creators and they want the ball a lot and they want it to run through them. And in the end, Scaloni, the manager, has just been like, "Well, I'll just take one of them." Obviously, it's going to be Messi. And the Argentina attack is literally just built out of players that can run off Messi, work off Messi, work with Messi, Lautaro. Great player. Julian Alvarez, great player. Nico Gonzalez, Angel Di Maria. Like all these players are more important to Argentina than Dybala. So he's not only an injury doubt coming into the competition, but like he's just not that important to Argentina. So I saw his price. I was like, don't get sucked in by that. Yeah. I've I've been surprised how much of an uptake there's been across all fantasy games on Di Maria. Yeah, I mean he's he's good for Argentina. Yeah. Good yeah, good. And expected to play. So I kind of get it, but um, yeah. I'm going to look him up here. SO5 scores for Argentina. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, now I kind of half see it. Has, has never hit more than a 90 ever in, in since Surer started recording for him, but still involved goals every so often. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. 34 now, so this will be his last hurrah, you imagine, at a World Cup. You'd think so. Yeah, you think Who so. Is next. Might be contentious for some people, this one. It's my top, top overpriced pick. It's Phil Foden. Oh baby, yeah, I, th- I, I, seventeen, seventeen. I am not getting involved in this absolute roulette of who is Gareth Southgate going to pick alongside Harry Kane, because we know we're probably going to play back three or back five, two hold two midfielders, you know, Rice and Bellingham or Rice and Phillips, and it's Harry Kane plus two, and the two probably will change depending on who the opponent is. Quite often, I would say. And it should change because we have such a an amazing array of profiles like Saka, amazing in tight spaces. Mason Mount, defensively switched on, great at pressing. Grealish, amazing in transition, carrying the ball. You should use all of these different players for different scenarios. If you want to get involved in that roulette in fantasy, then fair play. But at 17, oh, like I don't even, yeah. I wouldn't even expect Phil Foden to start half the games. That's the thing. He's unreal. I love him. I'm so glad he's English. But like you know, you know that he's not going to play. Um, like it's going to be hard for any attacker other than Kane and maybe Raheem Sterling to play a massive part in this tournament for England. I would say. So if you're looking at just other options in that area, like and there are lots of them, that's a premium spot. I would go elsewhere. Yeah, I, th- I think exactly what you said. I could just repeat it all. I think yeah. there are players like that. He's the same in FPL, actually. Phil Foden, you just never know. And I think at that price range, you need to be going like for two more. You get Kimmich. What are you even thinking about? Two more, yeah. you get De Bruyne. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, for the same I price, mean, you can yeah. get Modric, Modric. <laughs> like, what are you even at? Like, what what is the debate here? Like, come on. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, no, I'm all behind that. I'm all behind that. Um, and yes, below in the comments, everyone, if you're watching on YouTube and you know why you might want to comment, uh, please let us know who you think is the most overpriced player on the Global Cup. Uh, start out by the most overpriced player is so that everyone who looks below knows what you're on about and doesn't just go and think you're tipping them and buy them. be interesting for people who don't ever read the comments too then uh, when they're bored of looking at our mugs. So the next thing we wanted to talk <laughs> about, um, and fair play to you through this graphic in from so rare. they've put out a most picked players based on the percentage of all teams drafted. Now this was from a day or two ago, so maybe these percentages have fluctuated enough but you imagine they have a large enough sample size that the percentages won't fluctuate massively um mm. 
And we'll just talk about them, and, and you put it very eloquently why and what we can take from this. Do you want to explain what we can take from this, and then we'll go and do it? Well, yeah, I just think, like, obviously, 10, 10 most picked players so far in the Global Cup. It's 24 hours old, this graphic, so it's it's it's, it's okay. And I think there's, like, 200,000 lineups, isn't there, at this point? So you've got a pretty good sample size here, and these are the top 10 players, and we'll go through them. What this means is I'm inferring backwards out of this graphic. If you've picked Messi, it's because... You think that he's obviously excellent, but you also think that Argentina are a serious threat to win the World Cup. You think that he is a threat for the golden boot or the or the golden ball or whatever. If you've picked Mbappe, you think he's probably a golden boot contender. If you think Kevin De Bruyne is going to kind of one man show his way through this tournament, as I kind of do, then you think that everything runs through him. That's why you would pick Kevin De Bruyne. I think you look at this top 10 and you can infer backwards who people think are going to win the tournament, who is going to be the standout player in each team in terms of the so rare matrix, who's got a shot at the golden ball. It's just quite informative as to how people feel about these different nations and these different players, I think. Yeah, I, th I think when I looked at this list, the one that surprised me the most was Valverde. Yeah, I 7%. Really didn't expect him to be there and i don't know why he is and i don't think he's you see the scores right cheap yeah but i mean like <laughs> it's uruguay and like who's in their group uh they've got uh portugal south portugal. korea and ghana okay look i i get it right look i get it i just think when you think of of <sighs> maybe i'm wrong and you see Messi, mbappe de bruyne neymar Kimmich, they are like the five so rare champ royalty players and then you've got like yeah. valverde next yeah i just wouldn't have put him next and maybe he should be next but in my head it just looks off it's like really i didn't expect yeah. it i know he's incredible i get it i know he scores like fun for real madrid i just don't know how strong uruguay are i also was shocked when i seen the population of uruguay i could be wrong but i think it was like three very and a half low. million or something yeah it's in that area it's very low and I was just like, it's smaller than Ireland. What is going on here? We've been shafted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Valverde stood out at me. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you agree. No, I mean, I, I like he scores extremely well in so rare, um, like extremely well, and he's having an amazing, he's having an amazing year. Full stop. Um, I remember looking at my potential so rare limited team three months ago, so basically start of the season, and Valverde's price was was hovering on limited side was hovering about hundred pounds, and I was like, ah, he's got a good L five. It'll come down. I'll get him cheaper in a month. He just kept going and going and going. And I don't know what it is right now, but the last time I checked, it was about 160. So I completely abandoned that plan. Fede Valverde is out the window on that one. So I get it. He scores really well. I think with um, with Ghana being totally unknown, Son Heung-min, you know, playing in a mask um, and Portugal, mm -mm, you know, with a few things going on, I can understand why people think Uruguay getting out of the group. But like they don't really, I don't think they have that like top end uh, potential, you know, to go and play six or seven games. And I'd be worried with Valverde. I'd be worried that they're going to stick him in the midfield too with Benton Kerr and play him deeper. Because mm. we know he, he he can run into space, but we know he plays a more attacking role for Real Madrid. What if they stick him in the midfield too in a really gritty four four two? What if actually there's a real cap on what he can do? I, that's what I'd be worried about with with Valverde. That's why he wouldn't be in my team. <clears throat> I'm surprised by a couple of other things here. Um, also, just to look back, Sun Heung-min, is he going and playing in a mask? I thought he was kind of screwed, but is he going and he's playing? No, he's going, yeah. I mean, I assume oh, he's going to be in a mask. He's been past fit to go. 
Um, oh, yeah. He's had, you know, surgery on his on his cheek uh, or his eye socket. Um, you don't need a face to play football, John. Yeah, that's fair. Um, also, just another shout. It's coming up that you're Professor Tackers now. Just to really reiterate to everyone, that is not Professor Tackers, but it'll be a funny <laughs> screenshot. Um, so, the uh, a couple of other things here. What surprises me, we'll st- I'm kind of starting at the top and getting lower, right? I wouldn't have thought Neymar would be... If you'd have told me the top five, I would have believed the order. But when you look at the percentage, that's where I kind of go, oh, really? Like, nearly twice as many people have picked KDB over Kimmich. That, for Mm -hmm. me, and maybe it's just the Spain fixture, I don't know what. Or maybe there's more to it. Maybe it's just how good De Bruyne is. But I look at that and I go, I wouldn't have thought it was like a two-to-one ratio. Yeah, and Messi is like two-to-one ratio on Neymar as well. And, you know, Argentina-Brazil, very hard to split. Messi, Neymar, obviously the best players in those teams, the the talismanic creators and goal scorers, both players you could happily and easily expect to score five goals or produce you know mm. six goal contributions in this tournament could go to the the semi final or the final, and there's a huge difference. Maybe that's the so rare ambassador seal of approval, John. Mm. Maybe they pump the numbers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, maybe maybe that, it's just the way it is. Um, I I put the De Bruyne Kimmich thing down too. All of the people that we are onboarding for this platform that don't really know much about So Rare and so don't really understand necessarily or haven't looked into the scoring yeah. matrix would not understand that Kimmich is a monster. They would immediately assume holding midfielder, piss off. That's what they would, a very casual yeah. fantasy player would do that. And what this makes me think is if your team right now, and maybe I'm wrong, but if your team right now is Messi and De Bruyne, there might be an argument, because, I mean, you, you have to get different to win competitions, I guess. If you want to win, you need to be a bit different. Now, you don't have to be a freak and peck bloody Depay, even though he's injured. You know, you don't need to go mad. <laughs> but, like, you need to be different. And this is telling me that going Neymar and Kimmich as opposed to Messi and De Bruyne is, way, is, is, is like, twice as different. Or maybe it compounds if you do it like that. Maybe it's, like, four times different. I don't even know. I'm not a mathematician. The point is... If you just, it's not even like it's that rogue. It's not even like it's that crazy. But if you go Neymar and Kimmich over Messi and De Bruyne, you're separating yourself from way more people, and you've potentially higher upside from a like game strategy point. Am I am I right? I mean, yeah, I think I think so. You're doing that thing where you try and sound smart again, like you did last week. But yeah. we're, not, we're not fully convinced that you know what you're talking about. Effective you're trying to talk ownerships. about effective, effective ownership. I still don't, I still don't understand it either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, you are going to have to be different. You, you are going to need at least one kind of like wild card pick. So if you are picking these players, if you're going, it's te- it's it's the phrase, isn't it? It's templated. It's yeah. Fan- it's so rare. Have told us what the template is. And it's up to you as to whether or not actually the template is the right way to go and you can find one guy who can hit a rogue hundred that can lift you above everybody else mm. or you want to go in a different direction. I mean, my first draft had Messi in it, um, but my second draft, my current draft, I hope it's my last draft, does not does not have Messi any longer. Um, my first draft had Kimmich and he survived the cut. I've got Kimmich. That's fine. Mm. 8% is okay. But Messi's gone. Not just because of that, but because I realised that I'd need bench points, so the top came off, right? What's my current draft? If I have Messi and KDB, I'd be worried. I've got Messi and KDB. People are seeing that on the screen now. Um, so hmm. KDB is interesting. Um, I th- I'm right. I don't know how you, I don't know how much you've seen of Belgium, but I'm not really looking at Belgium and thinking that they look particularly great. I know they're a big 
household name over the last 10 years. But I don't really understand how Romelu Lukaku can be remotely sharp, hasn't played for two and a half months. Eden Hazard is never fit. The, the centre-backs are still the same centre-backs as last time and the time before. They're mid-30s, Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld. In experience. fact, I think, Experience, but slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, the thing I've been throwing around is opening lineup for Belgium. If Thomas Mounier is fit, and he's been a bit of a doubt, but he's made the squad, if he plays, I reckon we're going to see nine players start for Belgium in this opener that played in the last game of Euro 2016. That's how little that they have refreshed their team. They really have. They've taken golden generation and they've decided to dictionary define it and hang on to it for their lives. Are they about to go into like a dark age? uh, I don't know, but I think it's probably fair to say that their their rising crop is not not as strong as as obviously what's come through with with, with Lukaku, Hazard and KDB. It's not a particularly bold take to say that the players aren't as good as that. Like, I mean... You know, I mean, got... he'll be around again, I'm sure, but... Yeah, but yeah, I mean, what I'm I mean, saying is they've got, like, world-class players. I mean, you look at what's coming through, and you look at, like, Arthur Fiate coming into the defence, and Doku, who's always injured, and De Ketelaire and whatever else. Mm. And don't get me wrong, a lot of these guys look exciting, and I've probably missed out yeah. a million others, but, like... Okay. Romeo yeah. Lavia looks, am- looks amazing and stuff like that, like, but, I mean, look, we'll see. But ultimately, I-, I would not be surprised if Kevin De Bruyne does his normal thing you know, where the, team, the game's not really going his way, even for Man City, and he goes, right, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to take this ball. I'm going to dribble past four players. I'm going to smash it a goal six times. One of them's going to go in. He does that. He starts to just take over and ignore everybody else. And it's not a criticism because I love it when he does it. But I reckon he's going to be in that situation here. You know, Hazard not fit, Lukaku not sharp. He's going to be, right, it's on me. I'm going to do it. And... It, it could literally rain decisive for Kevin De Bruyne because he's just decided to go into Hulk mode. And that's why I think that actual, that top price for him is probably fair enough because there probably won't be a more valuable player in any top attack than Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like, it's funny. I remember whenever the NBA came out, was it Laird? Was I on the stream with Laird and the guys? can't remember. They were talking about how like an NBA, it happens sometimes where like the big guys in the teams just go. They just say, give me the ball, I'm going. And like mm. LeBron will just like throw the head up and be like, right, that's enough, I'm taking the scout. And like, you know, the Giannis, and there's a real like clash of egos at times. And the KDB is yeah. maybe like football's version of that where he just goes, ah, fuck this. These guys are thinking about, <laughs> give me the ball. And off yeah. he goes on a rampage. I'll do you it. see him storming around the pitch with a big grumpy red <laughs> face on him. Like, but um, yeah, yes. I think he does that. I think he does that. And I, I see the value in it, to be fair. I do. Is there anything else you want to pick out of the most picked players? Um, I think that this graph with Kylian Mbappe in second at 19% and Karim Benzema in seventh at 7% is, is very fair because France have got to play Tunisia and Australia. Mm. And like, if there's an opportunity here for, a, for like a major team in this competition to play two really soft fixtures in the groups and rack up those goals, France have it. Mm. And Denmark have it too, but they don't really have that that decisive nine. Whereas France have Benzema and Mbappe, which I think people are not out of whack to think that these guys could score three or four goals in two games here. Yeah. And it's it's and it's represented in this graph. And like I've got a little bet on Lautaro to finish uh golden boot winner at twenty five to one. And I thought about it a bit more and I was like, What if the French dudes just mop up in those two games? And I think I think picking an, uh, a Benzema or an Mbappe is very smart in this setup. 
Yeah, I think it, it, then it becomes into like strategy because if I look at my team and my Danish picks, then if you're picking French strikers as well and you've got Danish defensive assets, it's kind of like you're never going to go. You're not. It's it's not going to work for you because you've got mm. like I don't know. Is it, is it what's the term? Is it like negative correlation almost, or is it like basically whenever a striker's striking against your goalkeeper, it just won't work out in so rare. It won't work out in fantasy. In tournaments no. like this, so I think you. But not everyone to... has Danish defenders, John. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I certainly but... don't have any. I've got Mailer in the main eleven aside one on mm. FIFA, but um, my 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 global cup team is I've taken the Uruguay goalkeeper Rochette and Pasvir. I've taken Trippier for my expensive defender and Matty Cash. I've taken Kimmich and Szymanski, and I've taken. Benzema and Lautaro and tried to make room for both of them at the top. I don't know if it's the right strategy, but I put some bets on and I thought, you know what, I'll back that and then I'll double down on it yeah. and we'll see if I'm crying or screaming at the end of the tournament. No, I like it. I think my worry is I would love to just go Dutch goalkeeper if I knew who was playing, mm. but I keep hearing this. Yeah. Is it Bidjelo or Bilo? How do you say it? Bilo. Bilo or Passphere? Fry on my bab. If you could just get an answer, I'd pick it. I know, I know. So I basically gambled on Pasvir. I'm not going to field him. Hopefully his bench boost helps me if I need it. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the Dutch the Dutch goalkeeping situation is weird. Do you know who the third guy is? Have you seen him? No. See, this is this is cool. You're like this. Everyone should like this. The Dutch, rather than call up like Jasper Sillerson or something like, you know, someone who's been there forever, they have called up some guy that no one's ever heard of, well, reasonable people. He is a <laughs> six foot eight wingspan of an eagle obvious penalty saver so do you remember in 2014 when louis van gaal brought tim krul on for the penalties yeah he's gonna do it again and he's gonna bring on this andries noppert guy yeah i've heard 38 38 six for eight let's go this is every final spot of every position in every world cup squad you should have to do something batshit to entertain us and louis van gaal really appreciates this just bring like literally like France should bring like your man is it Wambiana or whatever you know the the French wonder kid <laughs> basketballer who's basketball like s- seven foot four maybe he's a bit skinny maybe you need someone who's like seven foot with a bigger frame <laughs> and just get him to stand like a starfish and jump one way or the other when the ball's kicked yeah absolutely yeah you're defending a corner <laughs> in the last minute stick him on the line <laughs> yeah just bring him in are you like the draft excluder like 98 uh, minute free kick Messi's standing over it get Wambiana on the draft excluder but anyway <laughs> um so look Noppert is a is an interesting one but I want to yeah in terms of that that graphic actually it didn't surprise me but it can't, it doesn't surprise me at all. So I don't even know if I should mention it. The fact that Neuer and Courtois both make their make the top ten, it's kind of like I think all of us who play the game, very few people are picking either of them. I haven't heard anyone playing the game spend their points on a goalkeeper because we know the game and we know that the peaks are less likely and da da da. da. Spend maybe your ten, your fifth, your fourteen, your thirteen on a player that might keep clean sheets, but like. And even chasing that upside, we want the side that's probably going to face a few shots, but just not too many. Uh, whereas I think it, may, it does make sense because the casuals come in and they go, "Oh, Courtois, Neuer, yeah." Um, I'm really well. Like, don't upset the casuals or mock them, John. You're uh, yeah, I'm really yeah. <laughs> Welcome to, into the podcast. Yeah, yeah, they will yeah, just destroy yeah, yeah. them. Um, yeah, I if mean, they're still it's, here, it's, they're no longer a casual. Yeah, true. But it's name value, isn't it, on those guys for the yeah. most part? It's 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 again, it's casual stuff. It's what. So what the game is it's um yeah. it's a shot in the dark it's a bit more casual i mean i've basically what you just said there like relative maybe relatively solid few shots not too many upside but not too expensive 
that's how I ended up on Uruguay's keeper, Sergio Rochette, at 11, cost 11. Yeah. That for me was like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Might get two sixties, maybe. Like we'll see. But you know, ultimately, you're trying to have fun, and I want to. I want Lautaro. I want Benzema. Like I want to. I want. I want to have Just fun have with the these players. You want, yeah. Be- because uh, you know, there's one part of me as much as I really want to play football with Zinedine Zidane, and I do. I really, I really do. This is also supposed to be fun throughout the process as well. Yeah. And I play so rare. And and I you know I, I play it every day. Open the window every single day. My gallery doesn't have any of these guys in. For once, I get to use Lautaro Martinez and Joshua Kimmich on a so rare platform, and I'm excited to do that because I don't get to do that. No, I hear you. It's um, it should be fun, and I also think like the chances of you winning it are so slim anyway. Being a wee bit yeah. different when you do it might probably increase your chances of winning. We. We'll break it up very slightly to talk about so rare related stuff. So there's a new marketplace feature, counter offers. So finally, after Woo-hoo! way too long, <laughs> I just picture like if I wouldn't get struck for copyright, I'd play the celebrate good times. Come on, <laughs> do, 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 do. I'll give them my yep. rendition instead. Uh, we're excited to announce counter offers are now available for managers in all so rare sports. When reviewing a live offer on the offers receive page, you'll see an option to counter alongside accept, reject, counter, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can propose a combination of cards and or ETH in exchange for one or more cards. You'll not be able to c- propose cross-sport trades. After you send it, they can basically re-counter. You can keep going back and forth, blah 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 and you can keep a track of all those offers in that tab. Um, if you Please note, if you attempt to send a, or counter an offer with an ETH amount that exceeds your current wallet balance, you're prompted to make a deposit prior to sending. Counter offers behave like a regular trade offer with regards to applicable fees and taxes. So that's it. Um, we can now counter offer. Woohoo! Finally! Yeah. So I wonder will there be a, a notable spike in liquidity? I don't know. I just, you have to imagine that this will encourage more trades because it's just been so difficult to get a deal sorted. Mm. It's, it's so, like, it shouldn't be this way, but um, how annoying is it when you're trying to negotiate for a, uh, a card? either selling or buying and you're it's not really going anywhere so you're like i'll get the guy on discord and he doesn't have his discord discord attached on his so you've no hope nothing there's just no way to communicate the the sort of gap between the two of you what might be acceptable nothing it's it's a proper it's a proper knife in the heart that stuff so removing a bit of that removing a bit of reliance on 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 communication via discord can still be healthy but you just send back a counter offer. Great, perfect. Yeah. We uh, we tested this out, didn't we, before we came on? And you rejected my offer. I offered you the chance to sign my favourite card, Wallace, from for Udinese, for one million clause. pounds. Yeah, just over a million. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you weren't. You, yeah. I was prompted to deposit when I tried, and unfortunately, the card bounced. You know. Um, yeah. I think well, I, you counter offered me with a quid, and I said no to that. So hey, here we are. We're in business. Yeah. You sell, you tried to send me a fiver for Sharon, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Next at time. least we can have this conversation now. But Here, just, do you know it's, what's it's getting big old? Relief, big relief. I'm gonna call out some shit in the community because we just did it. By the way, do you know what's getting old real quick? And I'm I'm sorry if you did this yesterday. I don't know where I last seen it, but it's getting fucking old on the timeline. Screenshot of poor offer. Ha ha. Yeah, I'll think about it. Or oh, maybe just add an extra er. Or oh. Thanks for the offer what? for my unique this. <laughs> Maybe just add an extra fucking two. You know that whole banter where it's like you've sent like a criminal offer. 
just block them and fucking leave it. But the screenshot got over to Twitter and being like, oh yeah, I'll think about it. Oh God, man, it gets me. I've seen it too many times. It's, yeah, yeah. it's getting me. Please don't tell me you did it yesterday. No, no, no. Oh, I saw God. someone do it, but it was not me. I know who. I know that you are referring to someone that we both follow. And call I, them out because defi- I don't know. I can't, not, I, can't, I can't remember who it is, but someone did it. And no, I, but people I, always I, do it. I'm not actually, I'm I don't even a, have a person in my head. People yeah. always do it. I see it every fucking day. And that's yeah. why I'm like, oh, I might do it next week. And then I just, <laughs> like, as bait for everyone who listens to come at me. But, yeah, well, this is, this is unfortunately, this is what happens when you, like, for you, you know, so intrinsically involved in so rare daily basis content but community as well you yeah. must follow so many so rare accounts your exposure to it is so high you're jaded from this i don't see it very often because yeah. i follow about 50 people that, that play so rare and that's it so i'm like comfortably distanced from that but i do see it <laughs> you know it is it does it does happen it doesn't wind me up like it winds i'm overreacted on purpose you know playing up the drama for the content like it doesn't actually get to me that much but like fucking hell it gets, grinds my gears anyway yeah. it's, it's just not funny <laughs> that's the thing it's just well, not funny yeah it's that thing know. isn't it where you uh you try to you try not to reward or encourage bad behavior yeah so when you glorify the offer and make it a joke people go ah oh, i'll do that really it should be like take the approach that you do like when your cat scratches the carpet or your dog misbehaves it's just like you you, you ignore it you try and distract it yeah. you try and like don't give it negative attention don't yeah, fuck, don't do a card zoomer <laughs> i would never condone <laughs> <Yeah>. never go <laughs> full card zuma all right uh, so uh very quick one uh so rare data are the sponsors of this podcast uh thanks for everything so rare data do and for making this possible sam do you use so rare data you've paid me 10 pounds to say yes Shush. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> no 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 uh i do use so rare data i use it every single day because i play so rare pretty much or check things every single day i don't think you can really play so rare efficiently without it so Mm. there's your starting point i have the top membership i was more than happy to contribute after leeching off it um i can't think of how how much money it has saved me on market alerts or just checking last prices and stuff like that so yeah pretty good tool essential tool good on this it actually is it, it legitimately is, which is mad, because it means it's very easy for me to sell and feel authentic, but I always feel mm. like a salesman. So, mm. so rare data. If you want to sign up to it, you can use the link in the description. You get two weeks free at their top tier, so you can try all the features, see what you think. And if you, what's the other thing I was going to say? Two weeks free at the top tier, and you can also use the code John Nellis. That's the one. Oh, that's There's two the one. ways you can do it. You can use the code and the link. Jesus. All right. So right, quick, quickly, before we move back into football, the best thing about Say Rare Data right now is the lineup builder on basketball. Because, as previously mentioned, I don't like the sport; I don't know anything about it. But I enjoy the I enjoy the game, right? Yeah. Of So Rare. So now it just tells me what the projections are for the players that I've never heard of. I stick them all in. I've actually won a couple of the limiteds. They're well, worth about quid are. each. Doesn't matter. I'm a winner. Just lineup builder basketball. Yeah. Limited champion. Oh gives my you goodness. A, gives you a best game projection. So it gives you the difference of the best yep. projected score over the last 10 average. Versus best the cap, game yeah. projected minutes. Oh my goodness. So you go for guys who are going to outperform their cap the most. Yes, if you can. 
yeah. or just go or if you need a couple of guys that have got a very you don't have much space left in the lineup you can go and find a few guys whose last 10 are like 13 or 14 yeah. but they might be projected to score 19 Unreal. and obviously i don't know anything about the sport so that just helps me pick the right dudes mm. well there we are there you go. so rare data what a tool all right time for some bold predictions but first another thing happened Another thing happened, and I I don't know if you've seen it, I don't know if you care about it, and I didn't even put a note down for it until we were already recording. So Rare MLB had an announcement. Hello everyone, we have two off-season announcements for you today. Number one, off-season card XP is here. Every week throughout the off-season, each card that managers hold in their collections will automatically gain 100 XP. It'll be delivered every Friday starting this week. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like they tried to think of something creative or a fun way and they just thought, we've too much going on with the Global Cup, we've too much going on with the inbound Premier League. Yeah, I said it. I guarantee, I can, I can feel it in my plums. Nicholas is putting eye emojis on things. The Prem's coming. Let's all start getting excited. Um, if they don't come, don't kill me. And the they're just too, they're too much going on and they went, all right, just give them 100 XP a week. How much do we give them? 50 100 give them 100 <laughs> i don't play mlb i don't necessarily track my xp either to be quite honest um i just let it be and it happens call me john lennon and they the the, the feedback seemed to be it was too low i've seen a lot of people saying it should be at least 150 because if you were to actually put those players in training teams with the standard 75 xp plus the combined bloody bloody blahs usually Apparently 100's a bit low and people extrapolated did the maths very quickly and it means that by the time next season comes around there's basically no incentive to buy this season's cards because you won't be that much further ahead of next season cards or blah blah blah. So I don't think it was received too well is the way I'll put it even though it doesn't really impact me. I do have some baseball cards but I can't say it's like my main focus but I just thought I'd give it a shout. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was. I mean, definitely, I was surprised that we got to the end of the. I said we got to. Don't like baseball either. Um, we got to the end of the the season, and there were just no game weeks. It was just empty. I was like, well, that's weird. Like, obviously, I expect to have to log in and put my cards into training. Again, I'm only in common cards and baseball. Don't know a thing about it. Mm. Um, but I expect to have to go and put them in training, and that's not a very heavy lift, is it? Once every four or five days to go and put your cards in a training lineup. But there was just nothing there. It was like, check back later. All right, I'll check back next week. Nothing. So something was going to have to happen. I'm absolutely okay with automatic training XP, and I don't have to bother logging in. I don't know if it's that much lower than than the standard. Like, I do remember going through a very, very sad phase in the summer when I had no cards in play, and I did actually track to see what certain cards got in terms of XP. And it was about 110, 120 a week. So, like, 100 is not that different. I don't know if that's uh, that's something to be too concerned about, but all, uh, if there is a concern that the amount of XP that those cards can accrue before the start of the next season doesn't get to the point where the card's on 5%, then really what is the point? Like mm. if you can't even get your old card to 5% by the time the new ones drop and have that automatic five, you're so far behind. Yeah. So I can kind of understand it from that perspective. If it can't catch up, but if it does, then I wouldn't be too worried. Either way, I don't really care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There was I seen a wee bit of furor about it, but like it wouldn't be. I just wanted to give it a shout, basically, yeah. that some people weren't too happy. Uh, the second thing's very interesting, though, and maybe something we'll see in football at some stage, or maybe not. Uh, their scouting mission 
their first scouting mission ever and of the off-season is now live. For more on this MVP-focused mission and more, check out our blog post. Uh, on the blog post, basically, what is a scouting mission? Each scouting mission consists of three elements, completion requirements, a deadline, and rewards for succeeding. So, do this, by then, you'll get this. Scouting mission requirements vary as we release new missions throughout the off-season, but we always require you to hold certain cards in your collection through the mission deadline. Add the required cards to your collection before the deadline, you'll win a reward for your efforts. They're trying to get into this collectability thing, so I applaud them trying new things. There are just some question marks about it. Did you see this, Sam, before I go off on a ramble? I saw it, but like I don't have any other card. I have three rubbish limited cards yeah. that I've won in baseball. They're worth about a quid each. Obviously, I'm not going to get involved in this. So I was like, oh, this doesn't really affect me. But yeah. I just saw it, saw it as a way of trying to stimulate activity. Um, yeah. Yeah, stimulate scouting and stimulate trading or whatever, but it's not that engaging, is it? But no. Uh, what if, can you do when there's no baseball on? Yeah, so let me just go and check. What's liquidity looking like? In terms of like Shohei Otani Limiteds, yeah, I mean, liquidity over there is through the floor. I mean, Shohei Otani, one of the like golden boys of the whole thing, there's been like 14 or 15 trades in the last month on his Limited. On his Rare, there hasn't been a sale in a month. It's actually been since mid-September. So they're trying to get a bit of, bit of action going over there in the off-seasons. Obviously, everyone, I think, has just switched off from it. It, it must be getting next to no engagement. It's, it's easy to um, switch off when they don't yeah. even don't even do a game week for training. Like, yeah. there is zero reason to click the tab that says MLB. Mm. Nothing. So, yeah. so uh, basically, the National League, so they've obviously got the National League and the American League, and they both have their own MVPs. So basically... For each of them, you have to collect cards of each previous National League and American League MVP, MVP winner on the platform. So for like the first one, there's nine cards. For the second one, there's eight cards. And if you collect all of those, um, you basically win a free card of the upcoming... Um, it's actually been announced tonight. So the player that's announced tonight as the National League and American League MVPs. Does that make sense? So if you collected all the previous MVPs in either the National or American League by the deadline, which is somewhere here Monday, November 21st, so in a few days, you will get a free limited card of the player announced tonight. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a bit like a squad builder challenge on FIFA, uh, in the, a way. The problem is... I don't, I'm, I'm no economist, Sam. But getting people to go out and buy... Oh, there's a cat in the background. MDJ yeah, had that too when she was yeah, on. We've, we've been joined. This is Akira. Hello. Oh, anyway, Akira. carry on. Um, <laughs> off she goes. Um, okay, so, yeah. You're getting people to accumulate stuff that they probably don't need to get a card that they maybe want. I think if the card was particularly collectible, I get kind of get the idea of, like, people will want to get it. Will it be a special edition card? It'd be nice to have that confirmed. I don't think it is. It's just a limited card. Surely they'll have a special edition one. My point is, I don't know. I I love the idea, but equally, I wonder from like a market dynamicy, economicy thing, is it good for a market to have people going out buying shit they don't need or want to get something they do kind of want? Then they're left with a the shit they don't want or need, and they're going to flog it. So the prices will essentially go. We all need this to get this, and then I'll go. We all want rid of these because we never needed them anyway. So you're you're creating volatility, which is great when you've got a secondary fee, isn't it? Yep. But sure, sure. So you're creating liquidity, but I don't know. 
Why yeah, not just no, buy the card of the guy who wins the MVP unless it's like a special edition? And the only way you can get it's doing this. But even then, you're just creating mad volatility in these prices. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no economist either, so can't really say, but uh, I think you're probably about right. It needs to be a special edition. It needs to have some kind of pizzazz. It, and, it, and, and it needs it, it needs to be that you can only acquire it through this means yeah. unless then you can obviously then go and sell that if you want to go and sell it on the market fine but it'll be like super expensive but yeah. yeah it needs to be different and it needs to be the only way you can get it anyway just thought it was interesting i like because they i've heard a lot through the twitter spaces thing that happened last night i listened to it it was quite short and i don't think nicholas could make it in the end but in that in other comms i've heard and comments i've seen nicholas make in these national series cards that are collectibles only they are turning that corner of collectability quite fast, I think. And I think mm. in three months, we'll be looking at a very different platform in terms of utility versus collectability. Whether mm. we all buy into it's another question, but I, I do think they're really leaning into that, which is fun. And this Global is obviously- Cup as well is a, is a, is a foreshadowing of it as well, isn't it? With, yeah. the, with, with the stuff that they're going to be handing out. Exactly. And they've been very clear on some of it's usable, some of it's not. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of a lot in motion here with regards to collectability. Something you you mentioned constantly. Um, something I pay no attention to whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the only collectible thing I've ever done on this platform is I bought a Martin Hinteregger limited for Eintracht Frankfurt when he yeah. was um, forced into retirement uh, prematurely at age twenty eight, just because I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> like he he got like he like had to, he wasn't injury or anything. It wasn't bad. It was like. Um, Eintracht Frankfurt are like a super left-wing club and they're very proud of like their political stance and their captain was Hinteregger and it turned out that he'd been working with some like relatively far-right activist groups on the side mm. and they were like, you're out, you're done. And he just retired on the spot. He was like 28. I was like, and they won the Europa League that year. So I was like, collectible, premature Jeez. retirement, ousted by a political, due to a political <laughs> stance, won the Europa League. Uh, Go on, ATP is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, collectible for you. Yeah, yeah, I'll have him. <laughs> so, yeah. look, I think we're there at about time, right? But I, you did say before we recorded, maybe some bold predictions because you and I'm based off time. I'll ask you to just give us the the boldest of your predictions because it'll make a great sound bite if you're right. <laughs> It's not going to be right. <laughs> it's not going to be right. Give but me, give me clues up... and see if I can guess it. Well, it's about it's a team to make the final that you and your right mind would never pick. But when I did my FIFA World Cup bracket, this happened, and you can't deny the power of the bracket, John. The power of the bracket is everything. Oh. You ready? Oh. oh no! I kind of want to guess this. Can I start naming teams that I think you might have picked? Yes. USA. No. <laughs> okay. I'm going through each group and trying to pick one. Poland. No. no. You're not going to say Denmark because that's not that outlandish. No. Okay. Um, Croatia. No. Serbia. That's the right group. It's Switzerland. It's fucking Switzerland. What am I doing? John, I've done this bracket and it makes no sense whatsoever, but far be it from me to disregard the bracket. Here's what I've got. Basically, everyone's talking about Serbia right now. Like They're getting a lot of hype and I understand it. Like Mitrovic, great form. Vlavic actually hasn't played for two months. Luka Jovic in good form, all that stuff. Sergei Milinkovic, Savic, good team. 
Starting to get a bit of Turkey Euro 2020 energy from them, though. And I'm oh, a bit yeah. worried. A bit worried because they're in a group with Brazil, who are obviously amazing, and Switzerland, who are literally built to ruin everyone's day in football. Always happens. So I've got Switzerland coming out second. Then I've got them playing against... So look at the bracket here. Switzerland are playing against Uruguay in the round of 16, who I think will win their group. I think Switzerland will beat Uruguay. They move to the quarterfinals. They play Spain. On paper, terrible. But Switzerland have beaten Spain like so many times in the last like five or six years. And you think they've got this? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, Uruguay, Portugal. I don't know, but I'd actually, I actually fancy Switzerland to beat either of them, whatever. But get to the quarters, and I'm like, well, Switzerland make have made a habit of beating Spain when we don't expect them to. So I'll stick them through. Get to the semi-finals. France. They just beat France in the Euros. Mm. So they're going to the final and they're going to lose to Argentina. It's nearly <laughs> a wonderful story. But somehow I've managed to get to the point where my bracket says Switzerland make the final. And trust me, I want to set myself on fire for saying it. But like, it, I can't I can't deny well, the power You know, of the here's the thing. I think you in your head, if you were to like put any sort of money on that, you know it's an outlandish shout. You've said that. That's why it's a bold prediction. But it's about with these bold predictions, it's a case of you see an eventuality in a world where that might happen. That's mm. the beauty of it. So I like it. I read it. If it happens, I'm clipping this up. This is my intellectual property, and I will be using it everywhere for the views. <laughs> well, if but, it happens, I won't be. I won't be. Uh, I won't be too worried about that. I'll be annoyed if you clip it up and it doesn't happen. That's, that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. The other bold <laughs> prediction I have, mate, is that Ronaldo scores zero non-penalty goals in the tournament because Bruno refuses to pass to him because of the nasty comments he made. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the bloody you seen the awkward like hello yeah it wasn't great was it the um, Cancelo it thing was really weird it was bad and Rafa Varane I know it's the different team but Rafael Varane has been like yeah not happy about that like he's definitely made some enemies he won't want this World Cup to end because he won't want to go back um he I just wonder just what kind of back. impact yeah I wonder what kind of impact it has on Portugal man like it's it's just not what you need is it at all in the build up to a tournament no and Diego oh. Dalat's like his wee mate, isn't he? Yeah, Dalat's okay. He's, he's been nice about Dalat in that interview, hasn't he? He's like, oh, he's yeah. going to have a great career. With longevity, he said. With longevity. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. look, it's been an absolute pleasure. People can find you on Twitter at Sam Tai. It's T-I-G-H-E. Is there an underscore in him in there? It is, but it's S Tai Football. Uh, on football. Twitter, there we go. I, I'm not looking at it. I was guessing. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> Rank, Ranks FC. Yeah, the Ranks pod. Yeah, if you've got room for a football-related podcast that isn't about so rare, it's about everything else in Europe. We release on Wednesdays. It's called Ranks FC. Just stick it in any search bar, and you'll find it. We'll be more than happy to have you with us. Now it makes sense why I made you rank some things, doesn't it? Now they're all going. That's Aren't why you I did it. <laughs> Don't forget to sign up to my private league. Uh, Nellis is the code, and if you want to click the link below, it'll bring you straight there. Um, and that's it. See you soon. Cheerio.